0: Hi, friends. I'm Molly, and we're here today with our Relief from Darkness podcast crew, where we are continuing our conversations, exploring how we can truly be set free from the stuck places in our lives. And we are talking anything that's hindering us from experiencing God in the fullness of how He intended. And that can be anything from someone struggling with depression, or trauma, or nightmares, and really just everything in between. Because here at No Boundaries, you really do believe that the thought processes that have us in these stuck places can be healed. And as they begin to heal, our brains start to change, literally physiologically. And if you change your brain, then you change your life. So... This is super exciting because we are in the middle of a breaking down the CPR that we have talked about many times with people. So I'm here with Dr. Lori Basie. Hey guys. She's our very own brain geek. And normally if you've been following this podcast, we will break down the connection, the psychoeducation and the routine of walking these things out. So for this portion, we're going to focus on expanding on what does connection with God really look like. So we're going to have Dr. Lori just kind of teach us a little bit about that. And so to start us off, I just wanted to give us a quick definition of connection. And it's supposed to be um, connection is like a bond, a link or a tie to something or someone but Jesus, who's relational and is all about the relational connection, it can look a little bit different than what we think. So with that, Dr. Lori, will you just
1: tell us what you got? Absolutely. I am so excited about this podcast. And this one, I think, is really, really foundational. And so I just want to start by asking, what is your connection with God? And what does that look like? And And there's no right or wrong. I think the only thing that would be uh, the the way that we don't want to go is to not be fully aware of this. And so when I think about connection and Molly gave us a really good definition, united, joined, linked, as I think about our connection with God, I want to kind of back it up just a little bit. And I want to tell you guys what Molly and I've been up to. And so this last weekend, Molly Buck, what did we do? We went rock climbing. And it was so much fun. Actually, it was Molly's first time. It was. And I think about the last time that I'd seen Molly in a position similar to rock climbing was several years ago. We were actually in Nepal. And in Nepal, there are Himalayan mountains. And naturally, if you go to Nepal, the first thing you want to do is you want to jump off the Himalayan mountains. So Molly and I went paragliding. And it was the most amazing experience. I'll never forget what you do is you put on all of the harnesses and you strap in and you strap into your pilot and you strap into the parachute. And they tell you, I need you to do three things, three things quickly. I need you to walk, 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 run, 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 and then jump. Don't think about it. Just do it on my command. And so we start walking after we're strapped in and then we start running. And then all of a sudden we jump and then the parachute sucks us up into the air. Molly, did you like it? I loved it. I just want to clarify, jump off the mountain. Like, yes. Not just
0: that you're just jumping, like you're running, running and jumping off the side of the mountain, which
1: is absolutely incredible. And so we were strapped in and we were connected to our pilot into the parachute. And then as he gave us those commands before we knew it, we had jumped off the mountain and then we had time to think. And then I looked down and I saw something that was critical, not only to jumping off the mountain in Nepal, but also to rock climbing. And that little thing was called the carabiner. The carabiner was a thing that linked us and joined us to either the harness and the rope that would keep us from plummeting to our death off of the rock wall, or the carabiner was the thing that linked us to the pilot and to the parachute as we then soared around the Himalaya Mountains. And so, in this podcast, I wanna to talk to you about connecting with God. And as we didn't even realize it in the Himalaya Mountains, and we were more acutely aware of our carabiner and connecting to the rope in rock climbing, I want you to think about this. This is a saying that I want you to get out of this podcast. I want you to learn how to connect with God like your life depends on it and then enjoy the ride because once we were connected in and then once we had time to think, oh my goodness we're we're flying and soaring uh, what felt like thousands or millions of feet above and even into the clouds at some point as we were paragliding in in Nepal at, at some point I looked down and I saw the carabiner and. I need to be acutely aware of my connection with the carabiner and with the pilot and with the parachute. But then at some point, I just need to enjoy the ride. And we're yeah. met and we're designed and we're created to connect with God. And when I say God, I mean the Trinity, God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're meant to be so intricately connected with the Godhead that Every day we're fully aware of his presence. We're connected with him. We're walking with him. We're talking with him. And we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And then we enjoy the ride. And I want to talk today then about connecting with the Godhead. But before we do that, Molly, what did you think about rock climbing? I loved it. It was so much fun. But I wanted to add like the time to
0: check the connection to the pilot and the time to check to make sure that the harness is strapped into you and to him is not when you're falling through the air that's exactly right, right. like so this is to be like it's not going to be so much whenever you've jumped off the mountain or whenever you know life has hit you that you want to see if you're connected so the purpose of this podcast is to is to establish that connection so that you'll know what to do or what's supposed to come out whenever
1: life does happen. That's so good. And in fact, if life does happen and we don't already have a connection, it's really, really hard sometimes to connect in the middle of crisis. Right. And then if we try to commit, connect in the middle of a crisis, which is a lot of the people that we work with, our friends from hard places, then decide to try Jesus in the middle of a crisis. And it's the get me out of crisis, Jesus connection. And that just won't be sustained. The Bible talks about seeking first a kingdom and then everything else will be added, not build a Jesus in a connection that I want to be convenient for my situation. So I like Molly when I encourage all of us to work on that connection in the quiet times where there's not what we feel like this urgency for him to show up, how we want him to show up when we want him to show up in, in the way that we are demanding that he shows up. It's not how it works. It's all about relationship. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in the Bible, it talks about that everything was created for Jesus and by Jesus and with Jesus and Jesus actually holds all things together. So we're designed to be connected. And the Bible also talks about that God put eternity in the hearts of all men. It's never his will that we would be separated from him. And that's really, really important for us to know that we have this God shaped hole inside of us that can only be filled through connection. And I think about a book, there's a book called The Seven Longings of the Human Heart by Mike Bickle. And and he writes this, he says, a longing is an ache of the heart. It can't be reasoned with, negated or dismissed. If not attended to, it will overtake us. One way or another, legitimately or illegitimately, a human longing must and will be filled. They were placed in us by God and can only be fulfilled by God. They were designed to entice us into his grace and his presence. Most people turn to God as a last resort. They do all they can to fulfill the longings of their hearts with entertainment, possessions, or relationships with other broken people, only to find that these create an even greater void in time. The scaffolding that we build in our lives to keep our souls propped up falls apart. Yet God appears in their emptiness. At first, our cold hearts can't even respond. But as the fire of his love softens and warms us, a miracle takes place. Life appears. A heartbeat is heard. Perhaps if it's faint at first, but growing in strength and purpose over time, we find ourselves standing before him more fascinated with pure love and truth than we were able to ever find with false fulfillment. And so I think as he's talking about the longing, we're longing to be connected. We're longing to have Jesus fulfill all of those things in us. And when hard things, really bad, hard things happen in our lives, we at first have to be connected with him and know him and then continue to enjoy the ride, but be connected with him as if our life depends upon it. And so there's nothing more powerful or pleasurable than when God reveals God to the human spirit. And so I think this might be really fun, Molly, then for you to talk about. Then how did you how did you foster that connection with God because I think right about the time that that we we met you were a self-proclaimed atheist. Oh yes, 100%. So I think
0: this part is the connection with God. This podcast and this information is so critical to everything that we'll talk about later because when we get into connection with self and with others, if we're not fully connected with the Godhead and with the Trinity, Nothing else will be fulfilled. And that's kind of what Lori's talking about, is that we are we are designed to be in relationship since the beginning. Like, we were in eternity with God forever. And something happens, and with my own story, man, when I got to No Boundaries, you know, I was going to a church, kind of as a self-proclaimed atheist and i'd go and i'd listen to the worship music and then i'd leave or i'd do whatever they asked and then i'd leave and later just be like you know i'm not really sure that i believe because i've experienced hard things in life and no one's exempt from that i mean it says biblically speaking that we will have trials and we will have tribulations like that's like that will come but jesus has promised to always be with us And when we don't know that, or whenever our relationship with him is based off of crisis, as we were talking about, and he doesn't show up in the way that we've already figured out he should, that hinders our response to him. And so I was going to this church as an atheist And I just had some really hard things um, mentally, like mental health things that were diagnosed and spoken over me. And I was told that I would never be able to function again normally in society. So I had the world telling me that from a uh, medical standpoint, that I had had too much trauma, and I'd done too many drugs. And I want to make a note right here of too much trauma being things that have happened to me and too many drugs, meaning sin. And if we can just think about that for a second. And so they said that I was too, had done these too much, that my brain had been changed to the point of basically no return, that my medical providers would still, you know, meet with me and manage the five medications that I was on. But really that was it. And um, I would meet with them weekly to do some very basic therapy therapy but that I would need a caretaker and I wouldn't be able to hold down a job or I wouldn't be able to function again in society. I wouldn't be able to, to be too long by myself or go to the store just based off of that. I disassociated too much, or I had Too much PTSD or just whatever the thing was. And so, um, it was December of 2017 and I was smoking a cigarette in my parents' backyard and I I just said, all right, God, like, if you're real, will you reveal yourself to me? And I will give you one year. I will say yes for one year to every invitation that I believe is from you. And I just want to highlight this for a second, that when I'm saying yes, and I didn't know it at the time, but what I was saying is I would hold up my end of the connection. And that's the part that gets severed. So I just want to focus on this for just a second. Is Dr. Laurie said, if we were created by him and through him and for him, scripturally speaking, then it was never God who was disconnected from me. He was, I was always on his mind. I was always being connected with him since the beginning of eternity, and I was always designed for that. He formed me, he made me, and he designed me to be in relationship with him. So I just want it to be super, super clear right here that it was never that he disconnected from me. It was that it's not, it's not God um, who disconnects. He's always 100% present and his presence is always there in every circumstances. It's actually just going to be our awareness or our connection our, on, on our end about whether or not we can see him and experience him. So what happened was was in December of 2017, I had made a decision, so an intentional decision to say, God, if you're real, I will say yes to you, and I will do whatever I can on my end for one year to connect with you. And you guys, that's when He showed up. And so I just took it day by day, sometimes even step by step. Of God, should I even get out of bed this morning? And out of a response to that, of whatever the feeling was leading me into through relationship. I was like, okay, I, I'm i believing that he's saying yes. And yes, you should get out of bed. And through a series of, of yeses, I ended up at No Boundaries, where then I was discipled into community. But now looking back, I can see all the ways that he was leading and guiding me out of that heart posture of wanting to be connected to him. So it's a really it's a really cool thing. And now, I mean, we've been here, what, four years and we're, and we're hosting a quote unquote Mm -hmm. mental health podcast, Uh free of medications and free of all the things that they, um, of all the things that they said that I wouldn't be able to do. And it's, and it was never that it's because he wasn't there. And I think a lot of times we, um, we get that like pit in our stomach of like, if you're a good God, why aren't you with us? Or why did this happen? Or how could you allow this to happen? And you guys, that is, that is just not, that is not the case. He never intended for the hardships to wreck our lives. And in fact, it was always his, his design that we would be actually just with him in the garden, existing in relational community with him. So I just want to reiterate, it's going to be our awareness of his presence The increases and there's so many there's so many ways to do that. So, Doctor Lori, can you just shed some light on some ways that, from our human standpoint, that we can disconnect from God? Like one of the ways being sin. Like, Mm -hmm. do you have any insight on that?
1: Yeah, I love James four four through ten in the Message version. And so, so back to what we've been talking about. Jesus made it all so that we could be connected with him. And then when we sinful man disconnect from him, which is a result of the fallen world, then he paid it all so that we could be reconnected to him. And so this goes against all of our cultural and our relational norms. We're not used to that. Usually if we can fall in love, then we fall out of love. And and so Jesus, he's always been there. It was his, never his his desire that we should be separated from him, but sin separates us from him. Not that he goes somewhere else. It's that, that it literally takes our focus off of him and onto something else. And so if I think about then, so what is, what is sin or what disconnects us from Jesus? And I think as Molly alluded to trauma and sin, either sin that we've done or sin that's been done to us, coupled with trauma and the hurt and the pain in the world, plus our personal choices that drive us away from Jesus or into sin. So let me read James 4, 4 through 10. It says, you're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world, every chance you get, you end up enemies of God in his way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb is has it that he is a fiercely jealous lover and what he gives in love is far better than anything else that you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. So let's let God work his will in your life. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin, purify your inner life, quit playing the field, hit bottom, cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. And it's the only way you'll get on your feet. And I think ultimately for all of us, for Molly and talking about her mental health issues and for me in the midst of pride, all of us find ourselves down on our knees, surrendered to him and connecting with him. But He's the one that made it all and paid it all for our sin and for our disconnect to Him, which is a really beautiful process. And that's what's super exciting is like
0: that He is so good that even in the middle of our disconnection, that He made a way for us to always come back to Him. I mean, through Jesus, we can always freely come back to Him. And if that, like, doesn't just show his heart, like, the links that he went to to be in relationship with us, and I want to just, like, hit on that really hard, guys, that it's relationship. Mm -hmm. And I, like, not based on, um, like, if you think of any relationship in your life with a friend or family member, you know, and it's kind of like they say that the emotional connection, quote unquote, is like, whenever you're experiencing similar feelings that are normally like positive associated with that person. And so there's a difference here though, that I really want to highlight is that Jesus is connected with us regardless of our feelings. And he's always present regardless of the feelings that we're experiencing. So it's never going to be like how it is with our human interactions of how Lori said of falling in love or falling out of love, but he's in covenant relationship with us. And so Dr. Lori, what's, what's the definition of covenant?
1: Well, they say that covenant comes when the feelings go. And so again, so if I fall in love with my husband and then I can fall out of love. And so what happens when I don't have those feelings or when the feelings start to dissipate? And and that's covenant. And so it's really a choice. And that's what Jesus did for us before we were born. He knew the stupid things that we would do. He knew the sin. He knew all of the harm and the heartache and the pain and the shame and the things that we would experience. And he came anyway. So he connected with us and he took upon our sins way before we even showed up on planet earth. And that's out of covenant. And that's the most beautiful thing Ever. And it all starts with that. And without that, without that secure relationship, if we don't know whose we are and who we are because of what he's done and what he said, then we'll have no idea then who we are and how we relate to others and what we're even supposed to do. And we'll be desperately trying to fulfill that thing because he put a desire in us for connection. We'll be desperately trying to fulfill that with someone or something else.
0: And it has to be out of that. It has to be relational. Mm-hmm. I know I've said that a thousand times, at least I can hear it, but it's because it's so true. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about what that's looked like for me, even recently, you guys, like, can you imagine that if, if you just went to, if Dr. Lori, if I just came to you because I was needing stuff, mm-hmm or because I needed help with something mm-hmm. like what's is that relationship? No. That's awful. That's awful. Of course it is, but if I can sit down with you and hear your heart on something and you hear my heart and we work together to come up with a solution or to see how to move like how to move forward, that's friendship. Mm-hmm. And that's relationship and that's relational. And with Jesus, you guys, I've been I've been doing this practice recently and I sat down with a friend over lunch the other day. And she was just talking about a marriage conference that she had gone to. And she was like, you know what we did is they do this practice where you sit knee to knee and hand to hand and eye to eye, and you ask each other questions. And it's certain questions like, how can I support your heart in this season? And the only thing that the other person can say or can respond to is either tell me more or I understand so that you're just hearing the heart and the connection So what happens is, is I was thinking about this and I was like, huh, like Jesus from a, have I been a good friend to you? And of course, I mean, it's Jesus. And he was like, well, I'd really like to connect. And I was like, well, how are we going to do that? So before I, before I go to bed, I've been, um, I've been just sitting at the edge of my bed, just knee to knee, hand to hand, eye to eye. And I've been asking him questions about what's on his heart and it changes your prayer life, it changes the way you see people, it changes the way you see yourself. But when I just say Jesus, what are you like what are you up to right now? How do you feel about this particular situation? How do you feel about this person that I love so much and and I I want to intercede for? And it's a different it brings a different level of relationship because then I'm sitting down and I'm hearing what's on his heart. Which is what prayer is, and that's how we partner with Him. And so, this is just a really good tool that's worked for me personally to really get to what's on His heart and to hear Him. And then I want to encourage you if you haven't heard Him, or if you're like, "Man, I can't hear Him," or, or "I don't sure, not sure if I'm hearing correctly," because anything that He tells you is always going to line up scripturally. Mm-hmm. Like it's all, its never going to contradict Scripture. And so, the first place y'all is going to be the Word. Like he's written a whole bunch of things to us and to, and to get it on the level of God, what, like, will you show me your heart in this? Will you reveal your heart? And that's how we connect with him on an emotional level. And I, I mean, it's just been incredible. And I think then another thing is this, like, sometimes I'll know him as friend and then I'll ask him, Jesus Will you, will you show me how you are relationally as king in my life? Or Jesus, you said that you're, you know, mighty, great counselor. Like, how, how will you counsel me right now? Or can, you, can I use the comforter? Will you just be comforter right now? And then what happens is, is then you start going to him first and foremost for every point of connection. And it's going to be the one thing. There's only one thing that heals As Lori read from the seven longings of the human heart, there's only going to be one thing that is going to heal and fill those longings, and that's Jesus. But you have to know him in that experiential way out of friendship where it's a two-way relationship where you're not just bringing your wants and your needs in the help me Jesus kind of attitude, but in a
1: partnership. Dr. Lori, what you got? (laughs) That's so good. And so again, it's not build a God or build to Jesus or Jesus, get me out of this circumstance or that circumstance. And I think about we, and again, working with people in hard situations, we hear all of the time that, well, I went to Jesus and I told him, Jesus, if you'll just do this, this and this for me, then I'll follow you. And I wonder what Jesus would be saying as he's, he's hearing this because he already, the son of God became the son of man and walked as one of us and took upon all of our sins. And he literally died for us so that we could be reconnected with God. And we're telling him if he would just then show up how I want, when I want, in the fashion that I want, then I'll follow him. And if I haven't already, because he's already died for me, then something's terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about rules. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. And when I know someone and I start to get to know somebody and I grow in that, then I don't want to. I don't want to be separated from them and do things that would drive me away from them and, or, or do things that would cause harm to me. And so this is so, so critical. And so I think about, again, you guys, we we met Molly when, when she was, you know in the middle of that process of being a self-proclaimed atheist and so the first thing that she started to do is she ingested the scriptures that's mm-hmm. the key and that is our our governing principles and those are infallible that's the word of god and that's what our baseline is and so what the scriptures say we need to get inside of us and and then if if we we all see the world through a filter. And if our filter's dirty, and if we don't know the scriptures, and if we don't have a good support system or accountability around us, then we may be hearing other things that aren't of Him. So I think the first step is the scriptures. And then what I'm going to do is, especially as as Molly would call me, the brain geek, which I'm not sure if I like that or not. I'm still trying to decide <laughs> about that word geek. But but then I need to activate the middle part of my brain, my sensory and my emotional part of my brain. And I need to connect that with Jesus, not just a head knowledge. I think the devil has more of a head knowledge of the word uh, of God and and knows more about him than I do, but I need to activate the middle part of my brain, my emotional brain, my limbic system, my sensory system. And one thing that I'm going to encourage everybody to do is pick a gospel. And so you can pick whatever one you want. I personally like the shortest one. They don't spend a lot of time on the, the birth of Jesus. It's just that Jesus is born and bam, it's go time. The spirit Descends upon Jesus like a dove in the baptism. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And in the book of Mark, they go out, and suddenly he's healing the sick, and suddenly he's casting out demons, and suddenly, and suddenly, and suddenly. And so it's the and suddenly book. But what I want you to do, which, Molly, which is your favorite? John.
0: John all the way. And especially y'all, John chapter four and five. If you can see <laughs> the if you can picture yourself experiencing what the woman at the well experienced and then with the man who was healed at the pool, like that. That's what that really activates is, it for yes. you.
1: So what you need to do is pick a gospel and pick anyone that you want. So if it was me, it would be Mark. If it was Molly, it'd be John. If you'd ask somebody else, it'd probably be something else. And so pick whatever gospel you want. And what I want you to do is read it in a different way. I want you to read it slowly out loud. And then after you hit action points, then I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine what did it look like? What did it feel like? What did it taste like? What would you hear if you were in the scene? What did it smell like? What was it like on the inside of you being there with Jesus and or the disciples? And I want you to go through a gospel slowly like that, activating your midbrain, your experiential brain and the same thing that Jesus did with the disciples is the same thing that we're supposed to be doing now. So then step two of that process to activate all of this in connection is that I want you either at night after a day or the next morning, I'm a night person And you may be a morning person. So after you complete a day, either that night or the next morning, I want you to close your eyes and do a real quick recap of your day and ask Jesus where he was in those highlights of your day. What did he think? Where was he? What did it feel like? What did it taste like? What did it smell like? Again, we're activating the connection part of our brain in our senses and in our limbic system. And this is a critical exercise as we get the word in us. And then as our life has the same standards as what the word of God says, and we line those things up. And when he shows us that there are things that are pushing us away from connection with him or with our equipment, you know, we, we started rock climbing. Uh, I did a long time ago. This was Molly's first time, but we actually went. And when we put on our equipment, we put on our harnesses and our belts and we had the instructor came over and he did an equipment check just to make sure that I was safe. And he found the date on my belt and it was from 2008 and he shook his head and he said that nylon has the ratings that it will only be guaranteed and last for 10 years. And I didn't want to take a chance. And actually, they wouldn't let me take a chance with the belt that may not actually be adequate. And so, so we, then we have to do the checkups to make sure that we're connected. And so again, back to where I started is what I want to leave you with. And we'll see what Molly wants to leave us with is that I want us to connect with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on a daily basis through reading the gospels and processing our day. And as we connect with him, let's connect like our life depends on it, but then let's sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Yeah. So just in summary, here's
0: here's what we want to leave you guys with, is if you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you're like, man, like this is hitting home just to know that first and foremost, you were created on purpose and for a purpose in relationship with Jesus, that he is always present. And it's just going to be your awareness of his presence that increases as you grow in relational connection with him. And so you might be looking saying, "Man, my harness is is a little off," or man, I'm not connected in this certain way. And I have this filter based off of sin or trauma or hard things that have happened, but then to get with him on it and get with his heart on it and get in the scriptures and see how you can experience him in a really real and tangible way using your senses. That's what makes him real and he is alive and well. So thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness and these things as you focus on connection with God really will rewire your brain. And if you change your brain, you change your life and you will see him in everything. So thank you guys for listening. This has been Relief from Darkness. So until next time. See you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys, and we will see you next time.